very special Andrew Says Live. I'm here with David, the Menzoid Menzies. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing great, Andrew. How about yourself? Did you enjoy the Democracy Fund thing last night? I did enjoy the yeah. Democracy Fund. Democracy Fund uh, event. Pastor Hildebrandt was hype. Um, of course, we saw the Donald there, not yes. to be confused with Donald Trump, just reporter Donald. We saw all the superstars <laughs> that came out to that event. This is the one-year anniversary, don't laughing aloud, one-year anniversary of Andrew Says, so thank you for joining me. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been a monumental year in news for Rebel News. Of course, the Democracy Fund started with all these events this year. And I want to get right into it, David. The first event that we want to capture for the audience, or recapture, I should say, because we're recapturing all the times you've been attacked or assaulted, <laughs> human, animal, transgender, <laughs> anything that could have happened to David Menzies in a beating <laughs> manner, it's happened. So let's get into it, and the okay. first thing we want to talk about is, first and foremost, the lawsuit that we're involved in, or you're involved in with producer Efron at yep. defendjournalist.ca. We're gonna show that website, but we wanna show the clip that happened um, that led to this lawsuit. And it was you and producer Efron outside of a Radisson hotel, and uh, the manager, I think it was there, he decided that he was gonna assault you guys for being there. <laughs> so let's go ahead and play that clip of Menzies and producer Efron at the Radisson hotel, and then we'll talk about it right after. Gotcha. Would you like to come on camera? No, I would not. I would like to walk to Okay. Our property right now. I'd like you to stop taking my picture. Hey, hey, excuse me. Take the pic. Take your. Hey, 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 hey. Don't take your rebel crap you news out of here right now. Why is it rebel crap news, sir? Get out off of private property. I'll call the police. So, David, as you get adjusted to your seat here <laughs> in the captain's chair, um, tell us exactly what happened there. So, why was the, why were you guys there? What story were you filming first of all, and why did this guy decide to attack you? It, it was unbelievable. It, we were looking at the number of, um, I guess you could call it, domestic homeless that are sleeping under expressway ramps and in parks and what have you in the dead of winter, and yet it was kind of a, an odd contrast that the uh, irregular people, as Justin Trudeau likes to call it, mm -hmm. illegal aliens, they're being put up at um, swank hotels and getting three squares a day. And uh, we don't even know if the, a lot of these people are even legitimate refugees, uh, Andrew, because, you know, they just cross rocks and road and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police turn into the Royal Canadian Mounted Bellhops and carry the luggage and uh, voila. So we were just showing the dichotomy that exists in the country um, and one of the hotels is the Radisson Toronto East, which has since been deflagged. We don't know why, it just is. I think, personally, it was bringing so much bad publicity to the Radisson brand that whoever owns the franchise uh, was told to, um, you know, please part ways so the signage is down. It's just a generic hotel now. Uh, but we just want to do what's known as a stand-up, right, or a close in front of the hotel and we just wanted to get the Radisson signage in, in it. And um, the funny thing is this fellow, his name turns out to be David Strong. I don't think he's the manager, I think he's just an employee there. And what we found so inexplicable was that even if you don't like Rebel News, he calls us crap Rebel News, um, fine, but we were going to be gone in a matter of seconds. And secondly, why, as you saw, he was so amped up. He was so enraged. Um, I don't like the CBC, but when I walk past their uh, palatial Taj Mahal broadcast <laughs> center on Front Street, I don't start wigging out and screaming. I go, oh, well, you know. Uh, so it was, but here's the thing. It's one thing to say nasty words. It's one thing to call his nasty names, no problem. 
But once you make physical contact with our bodies and our equipment, uh, that's offside, clearly. And uh, to think this guy is in the hospitality industry, I think it's the inhospitality industry. So um, again, uh, had he waited, um, you know, 18 or 20 seconds, we probably would have wrapped up by then. We weren't there to, you know, yell questions to the people in the hotel rooms. We were not going to go inside the hotel at any point. Uh, I found out earlier um, the previous year that was a fool's errand because I had actually booked a room in the hotel and a man called Raymond who has identified himself as the general manager and the owner, I still don't know which he is, um, refused my reservation even though I had paid for it in full online. So we knew we were persona non grata inside the building. And I think besides that by this time the Radisson was completely refugees. It used to be a blend of refugees plus guests and I should say refugee claimants. And uh, yeah, so that is what happened, um, this uh, violent encounter, for what I think, Andrew, are reasons that remain inexplicable to this day. Well, as we know, the Canadian courts are very fast moving. <laughs> so <laughs> you're in litigation right now. And if we want to throw to defendjournalist.com is the website where you guys can donate. Can we go ahead and throw that up? No, we cannot go ahead and throw that up. I mean, yeah. but the website is defendjournalist.com. And I want to encourage you guys to send uh, any paid chats on Rumble, Odyssey, and Super U if you want to have them right at the end of the show. But defendjournalist.com is what we're asking you to contribute to right now in order to contribute to the David Menzies and producer Efron, who's behind the scenes, but of course, very important here. Um, David Menzies giving a thumbs up to the back there. Real company <laughs> man, this Menzoid. Um, <laughs> so if you want to contribute, go so uh, and do so there. The next uh, clip I want to throw to is Aylmer, Ontario. Oh, yeah. You want to go ahead and set this clip up for us? Yeah, well, there was um, um, Pastor Hildebrand and a lot of people in the Aylmer region they were having a anti-lockdown uh, demonstration at the community fairgrounds, which is their right to do. And across the street was a very small number. I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds with uh, Pastor Hildebrandt. There were a few dozen counter demonstrators across the street. And part of our bailiwick, Andrew, as you know, we get the other side of the story. So if they're having a counter demonstration on public property, I want to see what they have to say. And I was having an interview with somebody and a young lady said something. I went over to talk to her and I, I guess that's when the altercation transpires. I'm very offended by the presence of David Menzies at this time for this protest. So let's go ahead and watch this clip where it's just another person just taking advantage of the menzoid. Let's take a look. <laughs> That's not good. He is, he, like he says, you, you want to believe what you believe, you believe. I don't give a <laughs> Sorry, what was that, man? Wear my effing mask. Wear my effing mask? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yes, that's what I said. Hey, 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 I don't know, because <laughs> I went over to the, uh, I think that was his daughter, I, and I went over politely uh, to say, to ask her what she was saying, um, and he just, again, like David Strong, the Radisson Hotel employee, um, he goes zero to 60 on the rage meter uh, simply for seeing me. I mean, I'm, I must be like the effect of a red cape uh, in front of a bull, you know, <laughs> and again, 
the audacity of these people, Andrew, that, as you saw, he grabbed the microphone, uh, an expensive piece of equipment, and smashed it on the sidewalk. Now, what the clip didn't show was a bunch of Elmer police came around, right? And I basically said, well, you know, are you going to oppress uh, charges? And they said, uh, we're too busy. Uh, too busy mm. doing what? Directing traffic? Having a donut? You know, those Elmer police, by the way, are something else. Uh, there was another counter-protest um, earlier this year uh, outside the Church of God, and it was by the trans population of Elmer, population two, mm. and they were there doing their... Pro so, again, they're on a highway, the uh, a shoulder. We pulled over. We went over to ask them some questions, you know, what's your beef with the Church of God people? And they called the police, and the Elmer Fudd cop showed up and uh, basically said, if I don't leave, and remember, this is public land, and this is a demonstration, they were going to charge me with harassment, you know. So there's something, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I think Elmer is also the home for the Ontario Police College. But what a weird, weird police force they have there. It's like a whole bunch of Barney Fife wannabes. I was going to ask if we were going to hear one of those jokes. That's Elmer Fudd as opposed to Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Elmer Fudd, write that one down. David, what I don't understand is the wanton need to, I don't have anything to say, let me break your, your microphone. We've seen this other times before. We saw it with Key and Bexty, where the climate activist in Ottawa came up and broke his stuff. Yeah. It's just the, I don't have anything to say, so I want to destroy your equipment. I don't know what gives these people the right, or they think they have the right to do this, but obviously at some point, in a lot of these cases, the police don't seem to care. And we see that, I think, all across the Western nations in a lot of these instances where uh, the law is not applied evenly. Andrew, even worse than don't seem to care, um, running cover for the thug. In Elmer, with the case with my microphone being smashed, uh, this went into the jurisdiction of the OPP. And uh, way back in January of this year, I went to have an interview with the OPP officer. Do you know, we couldn't even get the name of the person, right? We, we suspect, I mean, we did a campaign called Find the Thug, mm -hmm. and we have a couple of names, but we're not 100% sure who it is. And the OPP wouldn't give it to us. And apparently there were no charges and there was no trial. And we got informed by the OPP that he's going to write a letter of apology and send a check for, I think it was $138 to cover the microphone. And that's it. And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, what is this? No, that's not good enough. The, you know, why are you acting almost as his agent negotiating something out of the court system? The police don't do that. The police lay charges that the judicial system, the courts, you know, hand out punishments or not if he was found not guilty. And, you know, I think that's really disturbing. And also the question arises, Andrew, why are you running interference? You saw the video. You clearly saw the video. And um, it, it, the video, I mean, if a picture is worth a thousand words, I think video is worth a million. So. Whether you don't like Rebel News' politics or not, that's a moot point. The law is the law. And suddenly Lady Justice, instead of wearing the blindfold and holding the weight scale, um, I'm telling you, that blindfold is now a pair of x-ray glasses. <laughs> Maybe wearing a mask. <laughs> David, for my own acumen, who would be negotiating with the enemy on the Starship Enterprise? Who would be negotiating yeah. with the enemy on the Starship Enterprise? Well, that's... Uh, 
Uh, which which enterprise? All right, let's move on to the next. Um, <laughs> you know, there's many. We're looking for specifics. <laughs> I think we all go to next generation when we think of Star Trek, but I digress. Um, my favorite video possibly of the entire year is next, David Menzies. Oh. It's Dufferin Grove Park. Oh, so what ended up happening was, if you all remember the famous, I almost said y'all there, if y'all remember the famous City Hall of Toronto excursion yeah. where we went and there was this homeless encampment with Afro-Indigenous rising, with drunken homeless, naked people, also the privileged youth who were staying at the hotel next to City Hall during the, <laughs> the rest of the time there. Yep. They made an exodus after a few weeks to Dufferin Grove Park. And finally, the police had had enough and they did one of their you know, usual Toronto shuffles where they usher everybody out of the park, everybody gets their news stories, the police get to look good, and then they just secretly are under a bridge or a park elsewhere. Yep. So this happened at this Dufferin Grove Park and the sheer amount of characters at this park, David Manzies, you had skinny threatening guy, you had trans guy in see-through shirts. <laughs> you had girl who says, um, I'm not black, so I can't talk to you. You had every single <laughs> leftist social justice trope all in one area. You and I think um, marketing guru Alex on his first yes. day, first week of the job, I think, was yeah. when he was uh, playing cameraman. He's not generally a cameraman, folks, but he did a good job here. A great job. Absorbing the abuse. And I just want to show you guys, I think, the best part because it's, the including part where David Menzies gets assaulted um, by a guy basically spitting in your face. Yeah. So let's go ahead and play that. Great guy. What do you identify as? Excuse me? What do you identify as? Excuse me? Did I trigger you? Get out of here. Get out. Get out. Get out of my face. You're walking Get me. out of my face. You're walking <laughs> into me. Get out of my face. You're in my face. Excuse me? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm Get just, up. I'm not allowing you to film me. We are in a public park, sir. I don't give a fuck. Oh, okay. What then. is your problem? Well, we're uh, just practicing journalism, and I believe that's... A Get out of my face while I push your hand and get in your face. Yeah. And not to be confused with the empty, dirty cooler that we also saw on camera there. David, do you want to give a recap of that event and how ridiculous it was? You know, it was like uh, Arkham Asylum outdoors. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and for some reason, many of the female protesters were topless that day and they were writing social justice warrior messages uh, on their um, memory glands. Uh, I don't know if that's some new trend or what have you. But that guy, as you said, it was um, really weird. Uh, he's saying, get out of my face. It's like I'm chasing with a microphone. <laughs> so it's actually the opposite. I'm kind of stepping back or at least just standing still. And he's getting closer and closer. And yeah, I, he got close enough I could smell the anchovies off his breath. And again, um, you know, it's kind of funny, Andrew. Less than a month ago, we celebrated Remembrance Day, right? And... Um, uh, 100th anniversary of the poppy and you had in both great wars um, kids lying about their age to serve to put their life on the line defending our country now thanks to I guess social justice engineering cancel culture political correctness you have the likes of that guy that's the end product <laughs> of a university system you know a soy boy who is triggered almost to the point of tears for people for me just asking what he deems to be impolite questions how far we've gone in just a couple of generations in terms of what makes up the youth of society today it's just shocking
And there's a lot of people you triggered in that video, David Menzies. <laughs> we'll put that link in the description after the fact. You guys can go and watch all the videos. But you also had a girl trying to set you up with a hate speech crime. She said she's waiting oh, for you to yes, repeat yourself yes. so the cops could hear. And they're waiting just around the corner. Cops are bad for clearing out this park. But she's also going to use them to enact hate speech crimes on you. And then towards the end, you guys had just a triage of the... All the characters, you know, all the stereotypes. You had a trans person with a see-through shirt, a Muslim girl with a rainbow face mask, and a hardcore feminist all, you know, trying to march you guys out of the park as if it was an intimidation fact factor of some kind. You know, it's just, you just look through that video and you can just play bingo with social justice tropes who I thought were gone by the wayside since 2017, but that park last summer it really did it all. Oh, well, Andrew, I'll tell you, um, <laughs> it's talk about going by the wayside. This was my theory in 2019 when Mad Magazine, uh, a beloved publication of my childhood, of course it is. went out of business. And Mad Magazine, once upon a time, was a license to print money. I think uh, the publisher, William Gaines, uh, for Christmas, he would fly the entire staff to Hawaii. That's how much money they made. What I'm getting at is the world right now is actually beyond parody. It is beyond, ma I mean, Mad Magazine can't make up this kind of crap, right? Uh, so it, Mad Magazine, which was all about the crazy side of life, it's being rendered obsolete by real life that is crazy beyond words, as you can just see with some of these clips. Um, you were also <laughs> attacked in Kingston with cameraman and producer Mocha. Absolutely, yeah. And that was one of the more aggressive ones. Sort of situation where I picture myself, I'm not sure how cool I would have been having stuff thrown at me, but um, they were trying to push you guys out of the park. You had a bodyguard with you. He was directing you guys to leave. I want to show this video of you guys getting Gatorade thrown at you and really threatened by some scrawny armed Antifa individuals, yep. but just so aggressive. And this was for a John A. McDonald protest. Yeah, well, because none of these social justice warriors um, have taken things like, you know, oh, engineering or architecture, they don't know how to pull a statue down, right? They, uh, gender studies doesn't tell you that. So they brought eggs and rocks uh, to throw <laughs> at Sir John A. McDonald's statue. Funnily enough, this year they got their wish. Uh, imagine that, how shameful that is, that in Kingston, where uh, Prime Minister Sir John A. Macdonald uh, spent much of his life, um, where his law office is, um, that this is too odious to have the first Prime Minister of our country standing. I mean, of all cities, Kingston, really? But again, to set up the video, um, there was several hundred at this park, not a single cop in sight, uh, I don't know why. I think when several hundred get together in a small town like Kingston, you'd at least have a cruiser there observing in case there's going to be trouble. And um, Mocha and I were not interacting with the crowd. They were having their endless speeches, you know, denouncing Canada and what have you. <laughs> of course. So we just walked away from the crowd next to the statue to do the opening. The crowd's in the background. We're not bothering anybody. But apparently that's even that is egregious to these types of people our mere presence there and I want to say something too, Andrew you know they look at the rebel news mic flash oh rebel news oh you know and they think of all kinds of hateful things about us but I don't think they've actually most of these people have ever seen a single rebel news video I think they're being told by the ringleaders to hate us and they don't even know what they're hating 
And I know that for a fact, Andrew, because I'll have somebody come up to me and they say, oh, you're racist Rebel News. I go, racist? Oh, that's interesting. Um, can you give us an example of something we broadcast that was racist? And almost always the answer, Andrew, is, oh, no, there's too many examples to choose from. And I go, please, I'm begging you, just one. <laughs> that should be a no-brainer. And they can't. So that tells me, first, they're ignorant of our content. B, if they watched our content, maybe they'd be simpatico with some of it. And uh, C, uh, there are the ringleaders that are instructing them what to hate and why to hate it without them being knowledgeable about why they are taking that position. All right, let's go ahead and play the video before David Menzies gives away the entire transcript of what happens. <laughs> let's go ahead. Don't get out of here. It's a public park. It's Whoa. Let's move over. Oh, you're a tough guy behind that mask, aren't you? Get out. Oh, and you too. Get out. Huh? Is this this is your idea? That's cool. Get this cool. boy. We're gonna lose that camera, kid. We're gonna lose it. Go, go. This is. Hey, touch me. Don't touch him. We saw the tactic that they love to pull there, the umbrellas yes. to cover themselves. You want to explain that for a bit? Yeah, uh, you might think there was a storm gathering. Well, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. And uh, what it is, Andrew, as you well know, uh, this is a play from Antifa, you know, right out of the playbook, where they put umbrellas up to purposely obscure the camera. Like I said, the camera doesn't lie. Well, the likes of Antifa, don't want the truth to be told. They want to block the camera. I mean, wh why else would you do it? And it's kind of amazing because, you know, Antifa, as you know, contraction of anti and fascist, Antifa, but they employ the tactics of fascists. They're not Antifa, they're just fa. You know, <laughs> that's all they are. Uh, only they are perverse um, to the irony here, uh, or blind to the perverse irony here. Andrew, but that is the reason for whether it's an umbrella or a filthy cooler being shoved in our camera lens. They don't want us to have evidence of their odious ways. I think you're ruling out vitiligo here, as Michael Jackson had skin <laughs> condition. I accidentally uh, jumped over one, David. Uh, Jonathan Jessica Yaniv. Oh, is one we forgot to get to there. Now, um, Jonathan Yaniv, transgender individual, I think wasn't at the time, then turned name to Jessica Yaniv then Jessica Simpson, so they it's uh, very hard to confuse uh, themselves with the singer Jessica Simpson, yes. as you can imagine. Famous for what exactly? Uh, swindling waxing places who didn't want to wax uh, a male's genitals at the time. I think since then he's had the, the conversion surgery, if you will, but um, abusing human rights tribunals, basically picking out immigrant women who he think wasn't, this alleged, of course, um, picking out immigrant women who run at-home beauty salons, you know, waxing, nails, and all that stuff, and then being outraged when these people won't perform uh, waxing on a male. Now, I spoke to transgender people after that in downtown Toronto who weren't sympathetic to Jonathan, Jessica, Gijerger, um, Yaniv, because, according to their account, Toronto, Vancouver, places like that, where there's a larger trans community, there's no shortage of people who will perform these uh, these types of services for people. 
uh, waxing for pre-op trans and post-op, what have you. So it's really a, a sick, and to use David Menzies, perverse irony that um, that he'd be going around or she'd be going around or she'd be going around <laughs> making these claims when most people in the community would say probably that there's other people you can go to. So why do this? Where is they, where is, I'm combining like they and the out of like, I don't know, if this isn't on Twitter, I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> going around, where does he get the money? Why does his mother support him doing this? Yeah. Uh, what's the end game here? Is it just to game the system? David, I'm hoping Jonathan Heneve comes out at some point, the clock is ticking, Yeah. Um, with a book that says how I game the system. I pretended to be a woman for years. Well, you know what? Uh, you're on to something. I, I mean, I think, um, when I look at Yaniv and I try to, you know, make sense of it all, um, I think there's three things. Uh, one is, you're right, he games the system. And around this time, and that, this is 2019, you're going to show the clip of the assault by Yaniv on me. Um, keep in mind, he was getting around by um, wheel trans. He was on a little scooter. Um, and um, which would suggest that he has mobility issues. When you see the clip, there's no mobility issues. So he's gaming the system in British Columbia to get free trans rides, um, uh, transit rides by pretending he's handicapped. Secondly, he's a grifter. He went after these immigrant women and their home salons. As you said, you're 100% right. You can go to downtown Vancouver. There's no shortage of places. Uh, male, female, trans, you name it. They don't care. Lie down. Um, that it, It's off the charts, Andrew. And um, I really don't feel like he's playing with a full deck. Let's go ahead and show David Menzies being beaten by a trans person with a cane. Yeah. <laughs> Get, get away. Don't you. Away. You better get not. Away. You better get not. Away. No. You make you contact. You're going to go to jail. You are going to jail. Go away. I know. Hey, don't touch to, me. You're going to jail. Jonathan, why do you take, why do you send sexually explicit messages to young girls? Go away. You're going to jail. Go away. My iPad. What are you? Go away. Go away. That's assault. Go away. You just smashed your cane over my head. Go away. You go away. I did not. Yeah, go away! You, huh, you, now go you're touching. Look at this. Go! Go! You go. people are ill. Go away! Yes. The, huh? Go away! Go away. Huh? I'm at Why? Because I'm talking. Go away! Because I'm talking. Go away! Go away! Because I'm talking. Go away! Huh? Yes, I am. Go away! You'll go away! Go away! You gonna do it again? Gonna do it again? Come on, get another shot. Can you pick it up? Go away! Pick up my iPad. Go away! Okay, that's the go second away. shot. Did you see that, sir? Go away. Go away. I do? Go. I, that way. Go huh? away. Go. What? You this is a common know. parking lot. Now, David, that wasn't a cameraman set up in the sewer no. for that shot, was it? You know, that was a cosmic fluke, Andrew. I was wearing a pair of our spy glasses, and the first blow knocked them off my head. I didn't even know. I mean, it, that was a shot right off my head. And the odds of those glasses, uh, first of all, not breaking, but landing in a position that it captures more of our encounter. Um, I mean, that if there was a second cameraman, that's exactly where you'd want him, you know, getting that long shot of the further assaults. The um, despicable thing about that isn't Yaniv assaulting me five times over my head and shoulders with a steel cane, but the fact that he calls 911, the Mounties come, they tell me they know all about Yaniv, 
And they basically said, uh, I showed them the video and they said, they're not going to press charges. And I said, why? And they said, well, if we have to charge him, we must charge you. And I go, charge me with what? And I think he said harassment. And I said, I'm in a public place asking questions of, by, of someone right now who is a public figure uh, practicing journalism. How is that harassment? And I know, Andrew, if that was just a Joe Blow guy with a steel cane, I know he'd be in handcuffs. But it's that trans element. These two RCMP officers were so scared that they're going to end up on the six o'clock news as the transphobic cops that you know uh, arrested Jonathan Yaniv, that they refused to uphold the law. That's the real problem. And also, when I drove by the scene a little later, if you can imagine, I watch with shock as Jonathan Yaniv is in a stretcher being loaded <laughs> into an ambulance. And I'm thinking, what's his injury? Tennis elbow for the number of times he was swinging that cane? Again, a gamer, a grifter, someone mentally ill. But that's his problem. Society's problem is not his problem. The cop should have said, you're under arrest. Video evidence of an assault with a weapon, no less. And nothing to see here because this whole trans thing, you know, man, we don't want to get involved with that. And, and if we do, we got to arrest you too to make things even disgusting. Trans element. Maybe you need to use that as the podcast title or something. <laughs> yeah. um, that's not the only time he caught, called the cops on you, though. There was also an incident in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken, where um, a, place, a call was placed to the police that claimed that David Menzies, reporter for 100 years, was carrying a pistol. Yes. Uh, this is Good amazing. Good God. Um, and, and I guess this ties into his mental illness. But he was, uh, somebody was catfishing him. Someone was saying, and this is so disgusting, um, I, it almost gives me a problem to tell the story, that there was a young preteen girl in Sick Kids Hospital, and that if you go down there, here's her name, uh, you can go and visit her privately, and maybe Jonathan has something in his mind other than just a plutonic visit, you know what I'm saying? The thing is, thank God, this person didn't exist but just on the basis of this catfishing he hopped onto a plane in vancouver to <laughs> toronto and brought his mother right can As you imagine you, <laughs> you know I, i'm going to uh you know uh do something perhaps nefarious to a minor again thank god she didn't exist and i'm going to bring mom along because after i'm done with that maybe we'll go to casa loma and the cn tower do all that toronto casa loma coming up again Indeed great ad for casa loma ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i'm not sure what happens there but it's probably something weird <laughs> well it did bankrupt the original builder let's say that <laughs> well, like um but here's the thing uh we were tipped off that he was at the pantages hotel on victoria street and um we thought this whole thing was so outrageous. I, I know uh, the boss man, Ezra, says, I, I find this hard to believe, but if you want to go down there, and I went down there, I parked out front, I waited, and sure enough, <laughs> you know, Jonathan and his mom check out, and he gets hysterical. Uh, they drop their bags. I didn't notice this at first, and then I thought when I was watching the footage, oh my goodness, what, you know, again, it goes back to the grifting part. What fell out of their bags were rolls of toilet paper and you think what oh of course he's stealing the hotel's toilet paper as you room. will and he phones the police the police come i had an eyewitness to the phone call and he told me this guy whatever it is he <laughs> phoned the cops he heard the conversation he said i am being confronted by a man david menzies 
with a handgun, right? And that is a false police report, Andrew, right? The police get there. The first thing they say to me, sir, uh, you got to move your vehicle or we're going to give you a ticket. It's a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, my God, there's no traffic on the street. And nothing, again, it's this whole... Um, you call that, let's call that what it is, transphobia. The cops are too afraid to arrest somebody trans. And I think later, it, when Jonathan was confronted on this by social media, um, well, if Menzies had a gun, where'd the gun go by the time the cops got there? Because he just wanted the cops there as fast as possible. And a, a live handgun yeah. issue is going to get them there really quick. And uh, he said, uh, before they came, he threw it down a sewer grate. Mm. Andrew, not only does the gun not exist, the sewer grate doesn't exist, right? It is just lies upon lies, and he gets away with it. It's a sad state of affairs when fake phone calls to the police and assaults are mm. brushed aside just based on somebody's, you know, sexual preference or gender. Yep. Now, David, another time you were at a homeless encampment, <laughs> which seems like dozens at this point, let's be honest. Well, welcome to Toronto. Let's welcome Toronto. <laughs> Toronto sign, you're driving in. Toronto, dozens of homeless encampments at this point, yep. drive through. Um, what park was it where you were attacked by a dog and a homeless man? This was uh, Trinity Bellwoods. Trinity Bellwoods Park, another park with out of control homeless encampment, yeah. drugs, probably homeless orgies, <laughs> if I may say so myself, um, and unleashed un, uh, dogs as well. Yeah. Now, cameraman Lincoln was there with you. He said he was afraid the dog nipped at him. The dog got a chunk out of you. Before oh, yeah. you respond, I want to show this clip, both being attacked by a homeless man and his unleashed dog. Let's play that. Smash do you have the right to smash that camera? Yeah, yeah, bye. Dogs up. Hey, hey. What, 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 what are you pointing? What it may not look like the biggest bite, but there was, was a large chunk missing from your oh, leg. Yeah. Cameraman Lincoln was afraid of getting mauled by a dog. Of course, his hands are up here. He can't defend his most sensitive area, his stomach and his groin. Let me stop that pen from falling <laughs> off. Um, and then what happens is people drive by and yell at you while this is happening. I, 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 you know, it was amazing. Once again, I want to be perfectly clear, Andrew, because they thought I was there to harass the homeless. Absolutely not. If you look at the videotape right from the beginning, I'm doing a stand-up, again, in front of a tent. The tent is several meters away. I didn't even know there were people or dogs in that tent, Andrew. I'm just setting the scene for the disgrace that was Trinity Bellwoods at that time. Uh, by, by the way, as you mentioned, uh, it's a tent city, um, homeless, defecating in the park, um, dropping syringe needles near playgrounds. Uh, I had a mother off camera tell me that she's too afraid to bring her child there. Uh, for the danger and yet for the law-abiding tax-paying citizens of Toronto the city of Toronto painted and I swear to God folks I'm not making this up 800 social distancing circles that if you don't stay in your circle or you have too many people in your circle you'll get an $880 COVID ticket how do you like that so again under John Tory sanctuary city rules for Toronto we penalize the makers and we give to the takers and this particular individual comes charging out of a stand. He says, you know, you took my picture without my permission by law. By law. That gives me the, uh, that gives me the authority to break your camera. Uh, I don't know what law school he went to. 
this was a learning curve for me too, Andrew, because when I spoke to the, um, the man at Animal Control, that dog that took a chunk out of my thigh and I had to go to St. Michael's Hospital and get, you know, t you know, treated like for any potential rabies or, you know, mm -hmm. and get a tetanus shot and all that. Um, what I was told is that that dog, uh, that bull mastiff, is already on the dangerous dogs list. And I said, come again? Because I thought, Andrew, you have a dangerous dog. Doesn't that mean it goes to the pound to get put down? Oh, no, no, no. The way it works here is that if you have a dangerous dog, if you meet certain conditions, you get to keep it. So, uh, and by the way, they had it, this dog on record with at least two complaints of dog bites on people. And as I understand from people at the park, there's several more that got bitten that didn't complain. And the rule is, the dog has to be muzzled at all times. It has to be on a leash at all times. It has to be kept away from children. So here we have this meth head <laughs> with an unmuzzled, unleashed dog roaming free right next to a children's playground. Mm -hmm. I mean, how is this even allowed to happen? This is on the city. You know that this guy, who clearly has drug abuse issues, is entrusted to the sa to the safe keep of a dangerous dog. He can't even take care of himself, for God's sakes. What are you having homeless people with dangerous dogs roaming the city? Like you know, I mean, the ta the dog wags the tail. The tail doesn't wag the dog. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how this keeps coming up. And since I think it's like the year 2000, everyone's known that you can be filmed in public. But some sort of, I don't know if they're getting bad legal advice. It's yeah. going around the encampments and the protesters that you can't videotape them um, on their property because their tents are there and those are their homes. Yeah. And uh, temporarily, David Menzies, there was also an idea floating around that they could, you know, build a home in one of these encampments, like a literal, you could build your own home on that encampment. Did that not happen in Toronto? Oh, um, I'll tell you, um, going back to, gosh, I think it was 2003, we had an enormous tent city at the, um, it was at the lakefront where uh, Parliament intersects the Gardner Expressway. It's the, the soon to be developed Portlands of, of Toronto. If people have been to Toronto, they know where I'm talking about. Um, that began with like about a half dozen homeless people. It was back when Jack Layton uh, was still alive and he visited the encampment and said to the authorities, uh, oh, just leave it with me, I'll sort it out. Uh, a few months passed by, this camp swells to hundreds uh, of people, you know, in and out vagrants. And I, I spent three days undercover there. Um, it was an absolute disgrace. It was, people call it a tent city. It actually gone beyond a tent city, Andrew. During the day, these people would steal lumber, and they were bu building basically permanent structures. <laughs> and the saddest thing I saw was a baby uh, that was part of this. Now another generation born into this absolute disgusting filth, you know, right in downtown Toronto. And um, it was my expose of this. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't that I was exposing something that no one knew about. But when the piece came out in the National Post, that was on the weekend post, so it hit Saturday. By Monday, um, the city of Toronto sent in the guys in the hazmat suits, the police, and they cleaned house. I think it was just my report describing how horrible this was and what a disgrace this was. And now that there's children being introduced to this madness, uh, that pulled the trigger. So I'm very happy uh, that I was able to do that. But 
like you said, it's kind of like whack-a-mole. They shut down these homeless encampments in Park A, and they moved to Park B, and then Park C, and so on and so forth. And I think we're reaping what uh, John Tory likes to boast about, that Toronto is a sanctuary city, right? Um, I remember Toronto of my youth, Peter Ustinov in the 1970s saying, Toronto is New York is run by the Swiss. It was so clean, it was so functional. I think that Toronto's gone. I don't know if it can come back. Well, it can come back if we have political will, if we have a real leader, aside from somebody uh, suffering from testicular uh, ineptitudes such as John Tory at City Unbelievable, Hall. David. Uh, well, I'm telling you, I mean, y you know, we saw a return to greatness, I think, under the late great Rob Ford. Um, until we get another Rob Ford, until we get councillors into City Hall that are not loony leftists, I think the degradation of Toronto is going to continue. I think the last thing I want to ask you about, David, the Menzoid Menzies from rebelnews.com. Um, <laughs> Defendjournalist.com yes. is where you can help David and e producer Efron's lawsuit. Defendjournalist.com. I think we can pull this up right now. I got a thumbs up from producer Efron who's involved in the case. Defendjournalist.com is where you can go and uh, just follow the campaigns on action at the rebelnews.com website and you can see all that stuff there. But David, what I want to ask you about lastly is what I'm sure a lot of your followers I uh, want to hear about. I know you get stopped a lot of these freedom protests, anti-lockdown protests. And I want to just get, you know, 2021's coming to an end. Maybe we'll have a Christmas special and Andrew says, we'll see. I want to get your feeling on how this stuff has gone. Now I can write down, you know, some of the, the, the well-wishers, the Vlads, the hugs over mass people, the Adam Skellies who did what they could. And then you move along to Chris Skye, and then you go further to the right of, you know, Kellyanne Wolf and Patrick King drinking in the Edmonton legislature ground and saying it's unceded land, all the way to, you know, um, Lamont Daigle threatening people with vehicular homicide and yeah. defending pedophilia. Wide spectrum of people, what do you think wraps up the theme of the 2021 anti-lockdown protests? What, did they accomplish anything? Were they good for the society? What did they do good? What did they do bad? How about these characters? You know, I think it started out with good intentions, Andrew. And I think many of the people that attend these rallies, um, they are desperate people. I don't mean that in a pejorative sense. I mean that they've perhaps lost their jobs, lost their homes, thanks to the lockdowns, thanks to the Vax passports. And they're looking for someone to, I guess, lead them to a promised land, uh, you know, basically society as we knew it back in 2019 before this COVID madness happened. It's been a bit of a tragedy that so many of the so-called leaders of the movement, and you've named some of them, um, have just been, well, I guess for lack of better words, unstable people. <laughs> uh, Lamont Daigle, I mean, he gives an interview where he's saying, you know, he wants to drive his car through the mm. lobby of the CBC, uh, ostensibly to commit vehicular homicide. We gave him a 20-minute interview, virtually unedited, trying to get him to set the record straight, and he doubled down. He said, no, no, you don't understand. I said those words to that media outlet on the basis of self-defense. Well, Andrew, in what, in what scenario does driving your car into a building uh, qualify as self-defense? It, it, it's crazy, so much so, you almost wonder, is, is this an undercover fed mm -hmm. to discredit the movement? 
And I Which is a lot of what we've seen happen in the United States with groups like the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters, yep. all that stuff uh, being led by feds. Yeah, you just don't know because it's so outrageous. You begin to wonder what else could it be. Um, so it, it is sad what has happened, I think. Um, you know, it, it's also sad that a lot of the people you see at Queen's Park, at least here in Ontario, they would have been the voters for the Doug Ford PCs back in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, I know that because I asked them, and almost always when they say, who did you vote for in 2018, it's the PCs. And yet they are now denounced by the Premier as a bunch of yahoos. You know, people say that was Doug Ford's Hillary Clinton moment, you know, a basket full of deplorables. I say, no, it's far worse because Hillary was talking about the Trump supporters, the enemy camp. <laughs> Doug's talking about his base, right? And so you could, and I'm de I, indeed I'm sure people are writing books about the past two years. The question right now is, is it a premature book? How, how many more months, how many more years is this to go on still, right? And, um, and I just want to add one, two, two quick things. You've shown a lot of assaults by dogs, by homeless people, by uh, insane uh, transgender people. Um, there, we have also been assaulted by police. Mm -hmm. And going back over a year ago, covering Rogers Hometown Hockey in Vaughan, Ontario, on a public road, not private property, not a studio, I was personally assaulted by several members of York Regional Police because they didn't like the impolite questions I was asking Ron, uh, Ron McLean, Ron McLean you know, yes. who threw Don Cherry under the bus. Uh, I was put in a headlock and a bear hug. I was pushed. I was, uh, you know, shoved. And they had no right to do that. That is the subject, by the way, of a $50,000 lawsuit we have against York Regional Police. That breaks my heart because these are police officers that don't know the law. You can't get handsy with someone unless you're under arrest. Once they say you're under arrest, you know, they can bring out the taser, you know. Uh, but the point is, they couldn't put me under arrest because I'm a journalist asking questions on public land. And so they still resorted to bullyism. And again, uh, if a homeless guy on crack doesn't know the law, that's one thing. If a police constable with a badge and a gun doesn't know the law, that's really, really scary because they've got lethal force and they should know better. The other point I want to make is that with all the assaults, and this is, and that, and it's not, that's not the whole library, and, and my colleagues too, Sheila Gunn-Reed assaulted by that little worm of a man, Dion Buse, he goes by another name now, at a woman's march, if you can believe it, our former colleague, Kian Bexty, being assaulted. Um, I'm sure there's other rebels I've forgotten uh, that have been uh, manhandled. Uh, oh, Drea Humphrey by one of Trudeau security right. picked up like a little doll and moved physically. What the hell? What I'm getting at is that where is Penn? Where is the Canadian Association of Journalists? If this happened to anyone in the mainstream media, Andrew, uh, there would be a royal commission right now, right? But they're silent because our politics aren't the same as their politics. That should be a moot point. It should be about a journalist in, um, being allowed to practice journalism in safety, and they don't care. In fact, I just, just today on, in the Hill Times, the, the Canadian Association of Journalists, CAJ, here's the headline. Almost half of newsrooms 
entirely white CAJ <laughs> survey. Holy apartheid, holy Confederate flag, you don't say. And that's written by uh, Mike LaPointe. By the way, um, that's Mike, a very French name. Oh, Michael very French Point. name. You should Google him. This guy is so white, he makes an albino look like he's suffering from third-degree sunburn. Uh, <laughs> I'm <you> know, willing. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyway, so what I'm saying is that this is what's consuming uh, their energy, this wokeness, right? And by the way, if Mike LaPointe really feels bad about whiteness in news newsrooms, shouldn't Mike LaPointe resign he so should. that a person of color can take his job? But no. Um, and that is shameful, too, because, like I said, if you and I were with the CBC or Global or CTV, the usual suspects, there'd be very, um, you know, vicious press releases going out by Penn, by CAG, and, of course, the Canadian uh, Civil Liberties Association, who seem to only be obsessed about getting criminals out of jail to maintain social distancing. <laughs> what a world. I'm willing to bet Rebel News is more diverse than any of the outlets good the, point the boomer <laughs> press yep. of toronto star toronto sun anything like that globe and mail you know these 70 year old men who never leave their jobs because why would you right. you just have to write an article and i'm on the beat sir and <laughs> the press thing in their hat um last thing i want to ask you we were both at the democracy fund event for civil liberties and pastors and um, priests and whatnot, and being shut down, Arter Pawlowski, all those people there. Um, Doug Ford's daughter showed up. Yes. Now, you've got a famous story, which I don't want you to tell right now, of Doug Ford agreeing to come on Rebel News. It's uh, one I've heard you say a couple times, where he agreed to have a show on Rebel News. How do you think, moving forward for the future of this province and all the lockdowns and everything he's done. How do you think Doug Ford's going to react to knowing his daughter was at an event that, you know, pastors who have been shut down have been at, and uh, basically the entire thing is full of people who are anti-lockdown and anti his policies. Any prediction on how that's going to go over at uh, Ford headquarters? Well, very quickly, I wanted to correct you. Um, not only, Doug Ford did have an interview in this very right. studio back in September 2017, and he pitched the idea of a weekly uh, Ford Nation show, which I was going to be the co-host. So, um, and Doug Ford has attended Rebel Live events when we used to yes. put them on, and he was fantastic. Um, w to make a long story short about the Ford Nation show, he started not returning my calls, emails, and text messages. And I saw him at a November press event. This is when he was running for mayor of Toronto, you have to understand. So the timeline now is November 2017. And I think this is very telling about what Doug Ford has become. I came up to him after the press event, didn't want to make a scene. And I said, Doug, my boss Ezra, he's champing at the bit to get this Ford Nation show going. When are we going to do it? I haven't heard back from you in almost three months. And he said, oh, Dave, you know, if it was up to me, I'd do it tomorrow. But you see, Dave, the team, the team doesn't think it's a fit. This is the thing, Andrew. He's the leader, ostensibly. You should be making the decisions. The buck stops here. I don't think Winston Churchill had a team he had to worry about, or Donald Trump or Ronald Reagan. These were real leaders. And this suggests to me that Ford is now... Basically, there are puppet masters behind the scenes. That's the team telling him, Doug, do this, Doug, do that. And instead of saying, I'll take your message into consideration, but I'm doing it, he says, yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full, sir. <laughs> and th that, is, th that is so sad to see what he's become. It also shows that Doug Ford is not Rob Ford. Now, with Krista Ford, um, she has been on social media, very vocal, 
We were this close to getting an exclusive interview with her last night, but she felt ill, and her uh, husband, Dave Haynes, who get a load of this, is a, is a sergeant with the Toronto Police Force, uh, suspended without pay for not revealing his med uh, medicinal status. So this is the, um, the son-in-law of the premier is now not earning a paycheck. Can you imagine? So I guess one of my questions was, I would love to know the nature of the discussion at the, at the, um, in the Ford household, you know, at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, when you're all around for dinner, because Krista Ford is one of the biggest critics there is in this province of Premier Doug Ford. And um, I can only imagine that there must be some tension, especially since her husband is now out of a job because of Premier Doug Ford. It's going to be interesting to say the least. I hope, um, I was hoping she would say more, but uh, you know, you, you can go either way. You can expect a lot of a person, but at the end of the day, uh, they don't really owe you anything. Or maybe they do. That's for up, to the, up to the audience to decide. I think we can wrap it up here, David Menzies. Already? Um, producer Efron's got tomatoes ready to throw at us, I think, <laughs> for taking too long. Thumbs up on that one he's well, got. Okay, well, I'm hungry. I'll keep my mouth open. Maybe want to land in my, uh, <laughs> down my throat. Keeping in mind that when you tell David Menzies not to tell a story, he'll tell it anyways. <laughs> so thank you for a year of Andrew Says. Thank you to Ezra Levant for allowing us to do these shows. Thank you to producers Efron and Andrew, editor Lincoln, graphics Mike, um, market marketeer general Alex Y. What about Special K Catherine? Uh, what did she do for my show? Uh, well, I'm sure she did something. Tuned in once. What about the lovely Nicole? They all do. Nicole. Does. <laughs> okay, I'll say thank you to Nicole. Um, David Menzies puts you on the hot plate. Is what happens at the end? You try to thank people, and he's like, "Well, what about more? How come you didn't mention, mention me in your Oscars speech?" What about Natasha? Uh, she sent out a couple emails too. What about Mocha? What about everybody who works at? Thank you, everyone who works at Rebel News. Thank you, anyone who's ever been on the show and been associated with the show. Some great guests we've had from Dave Rubin to Will Witt. Um, who else am I missing? Amala um, and Will, and slightly offensive down south. Blaze TV, a lot of their people have been on my show. Thankful for them. Prager U, and of course, comedians like Ben Bankus, who you know and love dearly. Oh. Still, you talking to Ben Bankus lately? I haven't, but I do love Ben Bankus. And of course, uh, you, and you forgot, um, you know, one of your piece de la resistance uh, That's interviews enough, David <laughs> with Miss Peterson. Uh, Michaela Peterson, of course. <laughs> we want uh, Jordan Peterson on the show. This is where Dave Menzies just like, you have a printout of all my guests or something? Oh, Nicole's not going to be happy about this show. Anyways, <laughs> thanks everybody for watching. You can catch it on rebelnewsplus.com with ad free uh, there. Thank you to all our sponsors. We'll have the videos in the description. We'll see you again next week. Special guest, comedian Ryan Long. Thanks everybody. Wow.